0: quarters of the way done with the sewer line because remember they had to go all the way out if you if you have not been paying attention to where the tractors were it was actually farther than I thought when I kind of mapped it out in my head it was all the way to the edge where it drops down into the creek over by Promenade shops down there and so they're about three quarters of the way done they're cutting through the road this week to uh, finish that out and we should have the sewer done I I don't know if they're going to have it all done by this week because Thanksgiving but, um, and they don't want to work on Thanksgiving. I don't know what their problem is, but so um, so excited about that. Um, and also, I think if you guys have been paying attention to what's going on on the news, um, a lot of uh, groups, corporations are really starting to push back against the mandate mentality, uh, which is good. <clears throat> um, they're, they're OSHA, OSHA came out, and, and when o- you think about OSHA, OSHA and, and the the intrusion that OSHA has in so many things—if you don't work in an arena where OSHA messes with you—you you don't understand the magnitude of their of their reach and their power. And so, when they're backing off on the mandates, that's huge. Of course, um, President Biden then ramped it up more and said that he's going to force the uh, businesses the uh, make a stronger push into the businesses. And this is the this is the truth, guys. Um, what the businesses need to say to Biden is. This is not your arena. Get out. You you have an arena, and there is a, an arena for the president, and he has a power and he has authority. But it's not over local businesses, right. and so the, these businesses are standing up. It's a good thing. They're pushing against mandates, all that kind of stuff. Again, that's not the mandate is not a vaccine issue. It's not a health issue. It's none of that stuff. That's an intrusion issue, and a, and a freedom issue. And so, so when you're thinking about this stuff, keep praying. And where you have the ability to, to do something or say something or vote something, do that. Um, you know, encourage people. Don't, don't, if you're a non-vaccine person, don't harass people with vaccines. That doesn't make any sense. And if you're a vaccine person, don't harass people without vaccines. Uh, I was sitting in the hospital waiting for Linda's surgery, and my mask was like right here under my... I was wearing a mask, which, hello. So I, I think I should get a medal for that. But I, it was like right under my nose. And these people beside me looked over and just started saying mean things. Well, we're not even going to sit over here because he doesn't care. And I want to say, you have no idea how much I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was good because that came up Wednesday night. When do you say stuff and when you don't? Because most of the time you don't say anything. Don't be a jerk. Don't say something. You don't have to. Everybody doesn't have to know what you believe. The times when they need to know what you believe is when is important in the moment, to know what you believe, right? If I can keep my mouth shut, you can keep yours shut. I know. That's a true thing. So let's go to Philippians chapter 2, but I want to ask you some questions <clears throat> to process this a little bit. Um, oh, somebody also asked me this week about water chestnuts. Take water chestnuts, wrap bacon around them and cook them. Anybody ever had that? That's all. I just need to know that. So, <laughs> so here's the question. What, what do you believe? Now, when you ask that question, that's a lot of information, right? That's a lot of stuff because you can begin going down a list of things. This is what I believe. This is what I believe. How you? But here's part of the question I think is just as important. In fact, I think probably to, to make sure that the answer to what do I believe comes out properly, you really need to ask the next question is, well, why do I believe this? Where did I get this from? Where did it come from? Why do if you say well I believe that Jesus is God where, where'd you get that from you say well the Bible but here's the question for me is did you get it from the Bible is that is that really where you got it from or did somebody like did you get it from Sunday school you say wasn't well, that the same thing it's not necessarily the same thing because that's a passive uh, an embrace of that I, I realized when I when I was twenty I was hired as a youth pastor I realized that a lot of this stuff so now I'm responsible for teaching stuff and preaching stuff and and um, and I hadn't even been serving God very long at that time. And I, although I'd grown up in the church and I'd served God younger as a young kid, I wasn't serving him then. And, and I did have a lot of knowledge, but here's what I realized is all of that knowledge was passive. I was, I was embracing something and saying, I believe this because I have been told this is what a, 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 a truth was or a theological belief was. So I've been told this. Um, somebody had said, this is, I'll say it this way, a Sunday school teacher would say, I believe Jesus is God. And then we would all, as as you know, fourth graders embrace that we are supposed to believe that Jesus is God. But what I had realized when I got older is I, and I began to have to teach some of this stuff is I didn't really know how I'd come up with some of these conclusions. I'd embraced them because I'd been told that, but I hadn't really sat down in scripture and looked at why do what does the Bible actually say about this? Now, here's something that was interesting. I found that some of the things that I'd grown up believing, at least the way that I had processed it, it may not have been the way I'd would been taught, but you understand that just because somebody teaches something doesn't mean that's the conclusion you come up with, even if you're trying to. Your brain does stuff. Your, your, your filters do stuff. Life does stuff to you. And so I, I, would, co- I would really study some stuff out and realize, I don't, I don't think I believe the way that I always thought I believed this. And it's amazing how we can come up with things and say, well, this is, this is how I look at God. But where'd you get that? Where did that come from? Is that from people saying stuff? Did you figure it out? Did you study it out? Did you, did you go to the Bible and look at that? I've had people explain to me how they believe in God because of, of a, a book that somebody wrote. A, 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 something else. Well, that's, I hear a little bitty baby. That's little, isn't it? Did you hear that, or was that just me? Okay. <laughs> just you. <laughs> so I, I, the reason I, I love that sound, I love the little babies when they, you know, that kind of, so, um, but, it, but this is one of the things I began to realize is, okay, if this is what the Bible says, then how did I come to a conclusion that is this? These, did I look in the Bible? Did I look at this stuff? Did I, did I process this out? Or did I read somebody's book about the Bible? It's good to get information from a book, it is, and specifically if they're quoting the Bible. But at the end of the day, where are you getting your information? Where's it where how are you arriving at the results that 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 you that you are arriving at? Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Dear friends, you have always followed my instructions when I was with you. Now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Now, let me, let me um, k- kind of um, clarify this. Sentence. The reason I'm saying that, clarify, is because in my head, something changes here. That's, so I actually went to the Greek and looked this up and processed this a little bit because the King James says, um, work out your own salvation. Work it out. Okay. So when it says here that um, I'm going to work hard to show the results of my salvation, for me, there I, I saw that as saying that you work hard to show how your salvation works finished up kind of thing. And that's not what, that's not what it means. and that's, I don't think that's what the sentence means, by the way. That's just the way my brain took it was if I'm showing the results of my salvation, to me, that's kind of like a finish line mentality. This is the result of what happened. But, but the, what he's kind of, the way that this is saying, if you go back to the work out your salvation, he's saying when he says the, um, to show the results, the, I would say the ongoing results. This is where your salvation is. This, that you're working hard to show how your salvation is resulting. How it's, how it's working. What's processing. Because the idea of working out your salvation has a different connotation, doesn't it? That you're doing something. You're, you're working at this. That there's some kind of engagement that is involved. And so he says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. This is, this is very important. When you're going to God's Word... Are you doing this with reverence to him, that you're not just trying to come up with something that agrees with what you think, or that makes you feel good about what that is? Uh, We were having some discussions, even yesterday at lunch after our retreat, about things like, and this question comes up regularly, um, is what about the person in somewhere in the world that has never heard the gospel, and he steps into eternity, dies, steps into eternity, what happens to him? That's a major big question, okay? I'm not answering it this morning, um, I, I do have an answer for it. In fact, I wrote an entire theological position paper on it. But th- those are the kind of questions when you look in Scripture, these are the kind of stuff that, that we're seeing. What do I do with that? Well, you get in and you work that out. There's more, there's actually Scripture about that. Scripture talks about things like that. But you've got to get in and search it out. And here's the thing I can even give you an answer this morning. And, and, it, and it would be a good answer. In fact, it would be the right answer. But what would, might happen is you say, oh, well, that's the right answer. And while that is correct, it may not be the best way to you approach that. Why? Because you didn't work it out. Are you going to work it out? Are you going to figure it out? Are you going to process this? Well, how do you do it? You don't do it trying to come to a conclusion that makes you feel good. Some conclusions that I've come to through Scripture are the opposite of make me feel good. They... they, they They cause me problems emotionally and spiritually. Why? Because it doesn't work out the way that I think. But this is what the Bible says. This is how it says it. We were talking about this a handful of weeks ago when it comes to marriage. There's a lot of scripture in the New Testament about marriage that we just don't go to. Because it's uncomfortable. It starts talking about divorce and and marrying after divorce and and what this means and and adultery and all this other stuff. And, And it's just easier for us to go, I just think it's okay to do this. Okay, but just because it makes us uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not God's word. Get in there and work this out. What does this mean? How does it process? You do this with reverence and with fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now, this is the focus that I want us to, to work on through this this morning is that the, 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 the attention to be put to is that you are working out your salvation not somebody else working out your salvation but you are for god is working in you he wants you to 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 figure this stuff out you're gonna he god is going to give you plenty of of uh sources and opportunities from from other people to know things and do stuff but i think what we've done is we have gone to a place in our american christianity now where we're taking all of our information from somebody online and that is not healthy. When, when are you studying it out? Where are you going to with this? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Work hard. That, that already disagrees with major chunks of evangelical thinking. We're supposed to work at this? I thought this was a free gift. God, Jesus came and gave his, his life completely for us to have a gift of Salvation. Is it free to us? Sure, it's free to us at the first sentence, and it costs us everything in our life after that. So the idea that this is just some free thing, but see, that came from a mentality, what we call unconditional eternal security, which I strongly disagree with. That you pray a prayer, you're saved, and no matter what you do after that, you're still saved. So it doesn't demand anything from you, except there's a problem with that thinking. It's called the Bible. There's a lot in the Bible that totally disagree. Look, at work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Here's another big one that's not popular at all in today's American Christianity is that we, we mix up this, I, this understand, biblical understanding of unconditional love. That is a biblical context. We mix that up with unconditional approval or unconditional like. Jesus loves us unconditionally, but that doesn't mean he likes us sometimes. It doesn't mean he likes what we're doing sometimes. It doesn't mean he, that he's not um, disapproving of us. I said years ago in a little Bible study thing, I said, well, uh, what about when God is, uh, gets angry at us? And, and this lady got very irritated. She said, God never gets angry with us. Like, then you're not reading the same Bible I am. One time he opened up the ground and sucked 300 people in and closed it. If that's not anger, what is that? God gets very angry with us sometimes. Why? Because we're not obeying him. We're not doing what he's asked. We're not seeking after him. He says work hard that you you will present yourself to God and he will approve of it. Approve of what? What you're doing, what you're saying, who you are, your attitudes, all this other kind of stuff. That we should be presenting our working at this presenting ourselves to God with this. He says be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. So who's supposed to be the good worker? You and I are. Why? Because we are the ones that are going to be explaining the word of truth. People are saying to me a lot nowadays. I mean they've always kind of said this to me, but I'm getting a lot in the in the context and I I'm not doesn't I, I agree with it, and I like it. it it's nice that I hear this. Um, it, it, You know, it's comforting. But when somebody says, Pastor, you're speaking the truth, and we appreciate that. that we, we come here because you speak the truth. Okay, good. I, thank you. But are you speaking the truth? If I'm the only one speaking the truth, we're still not there. Right? You, you understand what I'm saying? You want me to speak the truth? I, I try to do that. I really do. And I think most of the time I get there, right? But, guys, Scripture wants all of us. God wants all of us. The Holy Spirit anoints all of us to speak the truth. Now, you've got to pray about that. You've got to figure out when that is. And you know, Sometimes keep your mouth shut, sometimes to say things. But you've got to speak truth. And, and the, the worst thing that we can do as Christians is knowingly go along with or speak something that is not truthful but is kind of accepted as Christian thinking, or whatever. You've got to stay away from that because you're hurting. You're hurting a lot more than just you. You're hurting the kingdom of God. There's more going on than just that moment and that sentence from you. There is a kingdom. There is something called truth that we are either part of or we are not part of. Are you you getting in there and figuring it out yourself so that you can explain it, so you can speak it? Avoid wordless, foolish talk, that only leads to more godless behavior. I mean, that's got to, at some level, that convicts all of us, doesn't it? Have you ever had worthless, foolish talk? Like, see, it's 11.30 today. No, not yet. (laughs) Ah, but the day's young, is it not? I mean, that's kind of the mentality and the culture of today. This is the way, I I know this isn't the best example, but this is the way I always think. When I always think of that worthless and foolish talk, I think to myself, pretty much, Everything Monty Python ever said. So <laughs> but here is here's the real here's the real litmus test for this, okay? Because I personally love Monty Python. But here's the litmus test for this. Is it leading to godless behavior? If it is, just stay away from it. It's not helping you. Is it leading you or somebody else to godless behavior? Then stay away from it. You say, Well, I'm not saying it, I'm reading it. Right? I have a thing that pops up on my phone the younger crowd will know, I have Reddit threads that I'm part of and they pop up on my phone, okay? Reddit is, is a, probably one of the more liberal, stupid sources of information you're ever going to get in your life. It's just flat ignorant all the time by people that think they are woke. And, I, and the reason I keep it on my phone is because I want to I see what that, what that context is out there. When something comes up in the news or something, and I see, and I'm reading, I'm actually studying the information. I don't just just, just believe what everybody says. I, don't, I go and I read things, and I'll read article after article about something, and I finally come to a conclusion of this is what the difference, this is the truth, and this is the lie in this information. And then, I, and then it pops up on Reddit. Everybody on Reddit is just um, pooping lies out their mouth. It's horrible. And you think to yourself, does anybody read something? Do you read anything? Linda's not here. Don't tell her I said pooping out your mouth. Okay. (laughs) She may actually be watching it online now that I think about it. They have left the path of truth. Now look, he's going to say something theological here. This is important where we're headed right here. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. Now, why is that a big deal? Because apparently these two people had gained enough of a following that they could say something as theologically off track as the resurrection of the dead has already occurred and everybody is believing it. That's what he's addressing here. Guys, let me, let, me, let me really cause some problems right now, Okay. Everybody, it seems like this is once, once COVID started happening and then the lockdowns and then it became a pandemic and then all the stuff that would happen, here's what started ramping up and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Everybody online right now is a prophet. Everybody. And here's, here's what I believe. Most of them are wrong. Overwhelmingly, most of these people are wrong. They're just saying what everybody else is saying because they think it's good. Whoever gets the most likes, all of a sudden you'll see seven other prophets with their message on there saying the exact same thing. When do we analyze this and scripturally say, are they right or wrong? And they all use these these key phrases here and key phrases here, and we just buy into it because we hear a key phrase instead of listening to what they said. What did they say? It's either true or it's not. It's not partially true. That's not a thing. And this, no, let me give you the biggest example. This is an easy one. I, when, when Trump was coming for a election, I really wanted Trump to win. I wanted him to. I'll just admit that, okay? I'm a Trumper, Trumpster. I don't know what it is, but I'm that. And I was all about Trump. And, and I wanted him to. I was praying for that. Then prophets started saying he was going to. I said, wait a second. Are you sure? Because I want him to, but I don't feel like God said he's going to. And then these prophets say, Trump is going to win. Okay, here's the thing. Believe it or not, before the election, that's that's not the subject I'm addressing. It's the day after the election when you say, wait a second, they were wrong. Now, here's what they say is, well, it was stolen from him. Okay, so here's the question. Did God not know that? Think about what we're saying. A prophet stands up and says, God is going to win. And then they don't. And the prophet's like, well, I was right, but they stole the election. I personally believe they stole the election. That's not what I'm addressing. But he didn't win. They didn't say, Trump's going to win, but it's going to be stolen, and so then he's not going to win in the... In the race, but he really did win. They didn't say that. They said Trump's going to win. And then to justify it later, well, well, it was stolen. Or he's going to win next time. That's not what they said. Okay, Regardless of what my heart was feeling, that's not what they said. So here's the thing. If you're still listening to that person, there's something wrong with you. The Bible says, if we were still in the Old Testament, now the cross does give grace. In the Old Testament, we should have drug them out in the street and stoned them to death. That is not a good idea in today's society. Okay, now we take a cross and we beat them with a cross (laughs) because it was a cross or something to do with grace. I don't know how that works there, but you understand what I'm saying? Guys, as the people of God, we are getting caught up in everything that's going on and everybody comes up with another this and another, and we're just absorbing all this stuff and all this is true and all this is true. Instead of getting in the Bible and saying, wait a second, what does the Bible say about this stuff? The Bible actually talks about this stuff. And here's what he says. He says, some are saying that there's resurrection of the dead. All the- In this way, they've turned some people away from faith. So what do you do? But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with its inscription. The Lord knows who are His. He knows everybody. He knows everything. He knows everything that's going to happen. He knows everything that's that has happened. And He knows it the way that He knows, which is absolute. So what do we do? We belong those that belong to the Lord must turn away from evil do you realize he doesn't even stress whether or not we should go back and figure out all the other stuff that these two guys said he said what's your responsibility when it comes to knowing me and knowing my plan turn from sin and get your eyes on me get your eyes on me and turn from sin as we're getting caught up too much in our country right now with everybody that's coming out with the next prophetic this and the next teaching this and the next stuff this. And sometimes they will disagree with each other from one video to the next. The same people will disagree with each other. I spend spend a good half to three quarters of my day studying, studying the Bible, studying stuff, going online, watching these videos. When you guys send me videos, I watch these videos. And and by the way, again, I'm not saying don't send. I do enjoy these when you send them to me. But sometimes I will watch a video that says, this is what God said. Watch another video. This is what God said. And they are opposites. Right? And sometimes, and here's the big one, they are opposites from the same person. Somewhere, somewhere we have got to push away from this and get in God's word ourselves and say, God, what are you telling me? Because here's the biggest thing. I, I, I Listen, one of the guys that I pay attention to is Mario Murillo. Most of the time, he's on track. But one of the things that has been with Mario Murillo for years and years, I've been paying attention to him for 25 years, is he likes sensationalism. He likes it when it gets whew, and people get excited. And so sometimes he gets over into sensationalism. And I want to say, come on, Mario, just because you have a big crowd doesn't mean you have to play to the crowd Remember, you're talking for God and from God. Focus there, stay there, because he doesn't always. And he's a guy I listen to. I I think he's legit. I'm not not saying he's not legit, I think he's legit. But he gets caught up in playing because it's cool. Gets invited to a conference. If the conference is about this, that's what he's going to get caught up in. So here's the thing how do I know that? Because I'm in the Bible. And I'm, saying, well, I'm taking what he's saying and I'm playing against the Bible. This is what the Bible says. Mario's saying this. Okay, well, Mario, you're wrong about this one. You just started saying words and you forgot to stop. Okay. Now, here's the biggest thing. The reason I'm saying this is because I believe that God wants to prophetically speak to all of us. But he does that according to the scripture. How does he primarily do it? Scripture. He primarily prophetically speaks to us through Scripture. Then we have things like rhema words, where it is something specific to us. Okay, he does that too. But here's where the disconnect has become very strong. It's getting stronger in our country right now. Is We are trying to get all of our rhema words, which means what? A word from God. We're getting our rhema words from God from people instead of straight from God. Why can't you, why can't you get before God and have God speak just straight to you? Why when you go to God and say, God, this is what's going on. What's going on in our country? What's going on in all this stuff? And then God says, okay, I'm going to tell you next Tuesday at nine o'clock when Mario comes on. Right? Do you, do you see what I'm trying to say? Why can't you just get on your face right then before God and say, God, what are you saying to me? That 45 minutes you're going to listen to that guy on whatever station, whatever channel, whatever YouTube, whatever. Turn that 45 minutes off and get on your face before God and it'll be a lot more important, powerful 45 minutes, I can promise you. God will speak into your spirit and he'll show you things. He'll show you his word. He'll give you a comfort and a peace. Which, by the way, is not a lot of what's coming out of the videos that we're seeing across the board right now. There's not a lot of peace of the Holy Spirit which goes beyond natural understanding. There is fear because they're telling you stuff that's natural. And that's where we are with this. Work this thing out yourself. Get in God's word yourself. Answer the questions from God's Word. Now, it's good to get input and think specifically on people you trust, but it needs to be defined as input, not the gospel. Where do you get the gospel? The Bible. That way, that's way at the end of the day, you know what God has said to you. Why? Because you got it from God. You didn't get it secondhand from one of God's guys. You got it from God. I don't don't want you walking out of a service that I preach going, I'm just not going to believe anything that man said. That's not what I'm saying. I want you to believe what I'm saying, but it's because you went and studied it just to see. If I ever say anything and you just go, I don't know, you should write that down, put a note in your phone, put a reminder to study that out that week, because if you just even casually go, I don't know, unless it's about Linda, I am always truthful about her. I never, guys, I never, ever, ever exaggerate about Linda. But when, if, if I say something and just something just goes, ah, it's not the way I thought about it. Put a note down and study it. It's, do you realize it's your soul we're talking about? It's your eternity we're talking about? It's your life It's your your beliefs, it's your future, it's your children, grandchildren. You you should never just assume somebody is saying something. But here's what we do. We watch these guys online for an hour, and they'll throw scriptures in and out. And I can tell you, I've watched this. I've watched it over and over. They'll throw scriptures into a context that has nothing to do with the context of the scripture. Right? We used to sing a song years ago. I hadn't thought about this for years. We used to sing a song years ago. That's, that's, um, and I liked the song. And then one day I went to the Bible and found it. The song was, ask of me and I will give you the nations as an inheritance for you. And then I actually went to give people, raising their hands, praising God, blessing. And then I went to the scripture. And what it says is, I will give them to you so you can slaughter them. <laughs> and we're all, that blesses me. Lord, give me the Nations. Give me the nations. The only way that would be true is if you're over there with your axe. Give me the nations, Lord. That's the scriptural context. (laughs) Guys, we do this like crazy. We're doing this with these guys online like crazy right now. Everybody that says the next thing, we absorb that. Why don't you? Why don't you just turn it off and talk to God? Whatever amount of time it takes you to listen to that or read that article or do something, turn it off. Talk to God. Ask God what he's saying. Ask God what, he, what the future holds. You're saying, well, what about the presidency? What about... Ask God. Don't you think he knows? Ask him. But see, here's part of the thing, and I get this. There's an intimidation factor that says, well, God can talk to guys like Mario, but he's not going to talk to me. Why? Why would you think that? He, I would say... That God is going to speak to you easier than he's going to speak to Mario. Because why? You don't have all the other stuff involved. When Mario gets something, he stands up and says it to a lot of people. So there's an accountability process. If God's speaking to you, it's just you and him. You're not telling anybody. Don't you think it's easier for God to speak to you? And he can speak to you for more things. Partly because, again, taking a guy like Mario, he's kind of locked in in what he's doing and saying right now, which is not a critique of that. There's reasons for that. But don't you think he can speak to you? And he can speak to you about everything. Your kids, my, my kids, they have this, they, it's kind of a joke, but it's not. It's because it's not a joke is why. They, they will talk about when their mother gets to praying for them. My son sitting right here can give you examples. When God has told his mother, this is what Isaac is doing wrong. <laughs> Let's not talk about that right now. I'm telling you, you have no idea how all of a sudden Linda will come to me and say, God showed me this. Have you ever had Linda get up in a service and say, God told me something? Never. God speaks to that woman all the time to where we are careful around our house what we do and say. (laughs) You think I'm joking. I am not. There's times when Linda has gone to our kids and said, God told me this. Are you doing that? they're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing. This is a reality. Moms, don't you want the inside track? How do you get it? Well, I watched this video. No, turn the video off. Get with God. Get with God. And God cares enough about you and your kids. He'll tell you things. But he's not going to do it just as in passing on the way to the grocery store. I mean, he's done that too with her. But, <laughs> but it comes from getting in with God. My wife gets up every single morning around 5, 5.15. And she spends an hour with God every single day. And she will not compromise that. That's, that's, that's submission. That's sacrifice. That's sacrifice. That's intentionality. And she prays. And sometimes I, I don't mess with her down there, but sometimes I'll stand right around the corner and I'll just listen to her pray. There's nothing that is more powerful than that. Guys, you, you let God speak to you. Don't, don't wait for all the people to speak to you. Let God speak to you. Genesis 32, verse 22. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, right? This is, this is when he's about to meet Esau the next day. They've been separated for a long time. He, He tricked Esau. Esau said he was going to kill him. That's the last he'd heard. Now they're going to to reunite. But Jacob's still got to work through some stuff. Trusting God. trusting. See, he he is literally going to this meeting thinking Esau's going to kill him. Now here's the problem, Jacob. If God said he's got this promise in your life and he's going to do this and he's going to do this, then why do you think Esau is going to kill you the next day? Right? Right? Abraham did the same thing. God said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He's like, well, God's probably not going to get it done right. I'll go sleep with my maid. And here's the crazy part. His wife was like, good idea. Right? Why did Abraham do that? Because he couldn't take God at his word. He couldn't just accept what God said. Jacob's dealing with the same thing. He couldn't just take God at his word. He's scared Esau's going to kill him, which cannot be possible if he believed everything God had told him. It can't be possible. So he sent his two servant wives, 11 sons, across the Jabbok River with them. After taking them aside, he, he sent over all his possessions. Then, and this is very important, then Jacob, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. One of the reasons that we struggle in our modern society of really getting with God is because we can't just get alone. And here's the biggest one. We can't just get quiet. We have to have stuff on. Things happening we got to have worship music on. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a great thing. Sometimes, but sometimes it's not okay. Hey, you ever go to a restaurant and the music is so loud you can't talk? Well, some people like that. I want to talk to my wife. Specifically, if it's just her and I. You know, if we got all the kids, turn the music up. I get that. <laughs> but if it's just... Linda, I want to talk to her, and sometimes you can't. Guys, we do that in our relationship with God. We turn the worship music on so that our brain is listening to that and focusing on that musically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, all these other kind of things, instead of listening for the voice of God and focusing on that. Turn it off. Jacob is now alone. A man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. That is a bizarre moment, is it not? You're in your house, the doorbell rings, guy just walks in and starts wrestling with you. And then Jacob doesn't even say anything. He doesn't doesn't even ask who he is until later. After it's over, then he asks. I'm thinking that's the first thing. Who are you? Why are you coming to the house? Why are you touching me? Let go of me. Those are going to be the conversations I'm having. This guy walks into camp, just grabs Jacob, just starts wrestling. So you know what Jacob does? He's like, all right. And he wrestles. Now, this is important, guys. When the man saw that he would not win the match... Listen to all the details of this sentence. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. I thought the guy realized he couldn't win the match. He's like, I can't beat you, so... Well, there you go. Pow! And he dislocates his hip. Instantly. Which means... He could have won this thing any moment he wanted to. He was in control of the whole thing. Now, this man is God, by the way. It's Jesus, right? You say, well, how do we know that? Well, he tells us later in the story. But here's the thing. So, so then you have to come back to the first part of the sentence. It says, when the man realized he couldn't win the match, somewhere there's more information or something we need to process. Because he, he immediately won the match. He dislocated his hip. And he dislocated to the point where the rest of his life, he walked like that. They, somebody didn't just pop it back in. He messed up the tendons. That is the end. The, because at the end, I'm not going to read the part, but he's, it, it says they didn't eat a certain tendon because of that. Like, there's, I got other reasons why I'm not eating a tendon. It's not because Jacob limps, you know. <laughs> but it, it's the thing. Is he said, so he dislocates his hip. So we know he's in charge. We know he's physically in charge of this whole thing. Then why does he say that he was not going to win the match? And why did he wrestle with him all night long? See, here's part of the deal, is the wrestling itself is part of the... In fact, I think the wrestling itself is the most important part of this story. There is, there is a guideline and a rules. It didn't say they came and just started hitting each other or slapping. each other. said they wrestled. In other words, they both knew what they were doing, and there are rules to this. There is acceptable and not acceptable. When he... When God reaches up and dislocates his hip... Now, go with me. I'm not... Not um, being a heretic here, okay? Just process what I'm saying. When God reaches over and dislocates his hip, it's because God broke the rules according to the wrestling match rules. Now, God didn't break the rules according to God's rules because he had a bigger plan, right? But they're wrestling. The reason it uses that term instead of something, it didn't say the sword fighting didn't say, it said they're wrestling. it means there's guidelines, there's rules. See, see, God comes to Jacob and God is wanting Jacob to, to be submitted and surrender to him and his plan. And when he walks in, I believe that immediately Jacob knew when this man walked in that this is, this is God uh, posing in human flesh. See, he wasn't totally surrendered and submitted to God on this whole Esau thing and God's will and the truth of God and all this kind of stuff. But through the wrestling, somewhere through the wrestling, he gets the right mindset. And he doesn't quit. And I think that's extremely important in this. See, I, I am of the of the belief, strongly of the belief, and this, this comes from years of processing this and doing this, that I think it is important for us as followers of God, and specifically Christians post-cross, is that we get and we work out our salvation. Or we wrestle this out with God. I think sometimes we just accept belief systems because somebody has told us, and, we didn't, and we're not really wrestling with it. You see a video, and somebody says something, you go, oh, okay. And in your, in your mind, you're going, wait a second. Something doesn't seem right. And, and we'll say, well, you know the Bible. I, I, I've, I've heard this for years. First time I ever really noticed this. I was a kid, and I'm reading um, Tom Sawyer by, um, you know the guy's name. Mark Twain I forgot it first service too. Um, Mark Twain, and, and he's quoting Jim, I think Jim's the one that's saying it. And Jim says, um, <clears throat> "Well, it's like the good book says, "God helps those who help themselves." How do you say it for you any you over know, the Bible says that God helps those? The Bible doesn't say that. But you mean Jim lied? Apparently? In, in fact, Mark Twain did this quite often. Mark Twain liked to take the Bible and turn it around on people and use it in a way that wasn't the right way. He did it as a humor thing. He did it as a joke thing for himself personally. He did it for him. It was funny to him. Most of the time, other people didn't get it. He was laughing because people were going, hmm, that's God's Word. He, he, he's talked about that before in, his, in some of his writings, that he did this on purpose. I've, had, I've heard people say for years... Um, the Bible says that cleanliness is next to godliness. It doesn't say that. I told my mom that one time. No, it doesn't say that. She's like, it's going to say that in this house. I was like, okay, then. You know. <clears throat> yes, ma'am. But it, it, it's the thing, guys. There's a lot of times when people are getting close to what the Bible says, but they're not, it's not what the Bible says. How many times have you heard somebody say that money is the root of all evil? That's not what the Bible says. It says the love of money. Money's neutral. Money's not evil or good. It's neutral. It's when we fall in love with it, it becomes controlling in our life. There's things that we've got to get in the Word of God and work out ourselves. Wrestle this out ourselves. And then he says, Then the man said, Let go of me, for the dawn is breaking. Now he just dislocated his hip. Why are you asking me? Couldn't he just shove him in the face across seven continents? And then city says, let go of me. And Jacob, the, the reason is because he wants Jacob to say this. And Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. As I believe that there are times, and by the way, this is becoming almost obsolete in our American Christian thinking. The idea that I'm going to get in there and I'm going to wrestle this out with God until what? Until the answer comes. Back in the day, we called that praying through. I always thought that meant getting saved because people would always say that to me, like my mom. She'd say, well, you need to go pray through. That meant get saved because I was saying something I shouldn't or whatever. And then I found, as an adult, I was really thinking about it. Well, wait a second. That's not what that means. It means I'm going to pray. This is where I am. This is the answer. I'm going to pray until I get there. Well, how long does that take? I've had people ask me, how long should you pray? I, that's a goofy question. Ask the Lord how long you should pray. Hold on to him until he says, okay, we're done. Don't give up. Don't let up. Because the idea, think about this. The idea of just getting on our face before God and pleading with God for hours is no longer a normal American Christian context. And, and this is why we are where we are as a country. It's not, it's not, don't lay it at the feet of politics. Lay it at the feet of the church and our politics have become a result of it. We have, we have lost out with this idea. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to wrestle this out with God because why? I want God to bless me personally. I want God to speak to me personally. I need God to answer this personally. I, I was talking to a pastor, it was 25 years ago. I was talking to a pastor, and he had found out he had cancer. And so um, he felt like God was telling him that he was going to be healed of this. And so he said, He told his wife, he says, I'm going to go. And he ran into a little cabin um, in the woods, and he said, I'm going to go. Uh, When I come back, I'm going to be healed. She said, how long are you going to be? He said, I don't know. So he went and he just started praying in this cabin. He didn't eat. He just um, fasted the whole time and prayed. That's all he did. Prayed and fasted. Prayed and fasted. That's all he did. A week and a half later, he came back, went to the doctor, no cancer. Because God told him when he was done. At a point... And he, he was explaining this. said, at a point God said, I've healed you. You can go now. He got up and he knew when he went to the doctor he was healed. How long did that take? Until it, it was done. There's not a time frame. You say, well, if I ever get cancer, I'm going to go fast for a week and a half. If, if that's what you're thinking, you missed my point. Until it's done. He said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not, I'm not getting up from this moment. Guys, there are times when we need to go there. There are times when our children need to go, us need to go there for them. There are times when, when our country needs to have us to go there and wrestle with God until he answers. Think about this. How much could be accomplished if the body of Christ wrestled with God until he answered for our government rather than all the other stuff we're doing? And the other stuff could be good and solid. That's not my point. But we're fighting on physical levels down here uh, this huge big spiritual mountain that this probably is not ever going to get there. Instead of getting before God and saying, God, this is your country. We didn't create it, you did. We're your people, you created us. We didn't create ourselves. You can go down the line and say, God, I'm not getting up until you take care of this. And it's amazing what God can do. But we're not, we don't think that way. We're not wired that way. We, I'm, I'm saying we don't wire ourselves that way. So then, uh, the man asked, what is your name? He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, it will be called Israel. And the, and the word Israel means one who wrestles with God. That's what it means. He says, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. God changed Jacob's name. But think about this. He he wasn't just changing Jacob's name. That's, That's what the name for the entire people group is now. Those that wrestle with God. Wouldn't that be an awesome people group name to be a part of? I'm part of the group that wrestles with God, we, it doesn't mean we're coming up and fighting against God. It means we're coming up and we're wrestling until God changes us, and then we get it. That's something that we're not, we're not getting in today's society. I, I had this conversation just a, a couple weeks ago with our staff. We were talking about some different families in the church that God is doing some stuff with, they've been going through some difficult stuff. And I said, but here's the thing, is they... they that, you know, they, there's a point where you get saved, and then you have an understanding of Jesus. But then there there is points along the way after that where you get it, right? These moments when you get it, you recognize who you are in God, or or who God is, or you recognize the importance of the Bible, or you recognize who the Holy Spirit is. I mean, there's these moments when you get it, and we we're talking about some families that they were they were getting it, they were starting to understand this. Guys, this is where this is where we need to be as not as A church, but as an individual. God, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. What are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me? I'm getting it. That we can that we can figure this out ourselves. Not because somebody else said it. I I I know there's place for that. I'm not I'm not saying that's totally wrong. I just think we're just so caught up in the church right now. We're so caught up in what everybody else is saying. And 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 again. I'll stand by this. I can show you this stuff. A lot of the times these guys are wrong. They're just saying cool, catchy, little, sensational stuff. Because they know that a lot of the churches... And never listen. Never look it up. Never pay attention. When do we, when do we get it ourselves? And then he says... Jacob says, please tell me your name. And he says, why do you want to know my name? And he never told him his name. Did he? Think about this. Didn't he already tell him his name? He says, I'm changing your name to Israel. Somebody that wrestled with God. Who did he wrestle with? God. That's his name. Because then he says, I'm going to change your name to somebody that's wrestled with God. Well, who are you? The guy that wrestled with you. (laughs) Right, but who are you? Oh, just whatever. (laughs) Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. Because he says, I have seen face, I've seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. Guys, don't you want that? Don't you want that? Why don't you stand with me? Three things. First, we need to we need to learn to wrestle with God. Pursue God. That's part of our tagline here. Pursue God, reach people. Pursue God denotes intentionality from you, does it not? To pursue means I got to make a decision and do something. We're going we're to learn to wrestle with God. And here's a second one. Stop wrestling as much with people. Stop, stop re- figuring this out and finding this out with people as much. There's a place for that. But I think we've kind of gone way overboard in our, in our culture right now with this. Back all this stuff up and just lock yourself in with God. Stop wrestling with the people. The best they can give you is their interpretation of what they think God said. Right? The third thing is work out your salvation every day. Don't take for granted that what God is doing with you right now is He's done with that. In the morning when you get up, go right back there. God, you're you're saying this to me, you're doing this. What do you want to do here? How do you want to do this? This is Thanksgiving week. There is a potential that you're going to have some time where you might could be alone, quiet, um, in, a, in a way that maybe in a regular week it you, you would be more difficult. So I want, to, I want to push you with this. Between now and the end of this next week, try to figure out a time when you can just lock yourself in with God a little bit. And here's kind of part B of that, is start to, to develop a thought process of schedule that says, God, I'm going to spend this time with you every day for what purpose? I want to hear with you. I want to hear from you. Not just read your Bible, but I open this Bible because you're going to speak to me from this Bible. You're going to show me something in the word. Not just open it and read it. God speak to me. Jesus is the word. He wants to speak to you. All right, let's pray. Lord, I commit myself to you. Lord, I commit every one of us in this building, I, I commit them, I commit this moment to you. Lord, you have full confidence in all of these people. You know who are yours, and you know how to speak to them, and you know what they need to be to, to hear. And so, Lord, I ask you first, convince us that this is what we need to do, that we need to hear from you personally. That we need to hear from you personally. God, that your your voice is what I need to listen to. I'm a sheep. I need to know the voice of you, the shepherd, not all the other sheep. I need to know your voice. So speak to us, Lord God. God, get in our spirit right now. Every person in this room, Holy Spirit, you begin to move in our minds and our spirits right now and convince us that we need to listen to you and when this is going to happen in our upcoming days when you're going to speak to us. God, I commit to you right now. I commit myself to you. that I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to go into your word. I'm going to listen. I'm going to seek you. God, help us, help us to push off the immaturity that thinks that we have to have everything from somebody else. You speak to us. Pull us in close. Wrap your arms around us. And then just begin to talk to us. Lord, we need this. In the name of Jesus. How many of you can make that commitment to say, God, I'm going to start listening to you. I'm going to pursue you. Just raise your hand. Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make the commitment to you. I'm going to work out my salvation. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to hear from you. God, I commit myself to this. I'm going to commit myself to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I need you to speak to me. Thank you, Chief. I know probably over the next few days I'm going to get less videos from you guys than normal. Please don't do that. I'm not saying shut everything down. I think you understand what I'm saying. I don't have to preach it again. Um, If you want to send me something, send me something. I do enjoy that. I don't have to preach it again. So before noon tomorrow, God's going to give you the chance to let somebody know that Jesus loves them because you have been with him and you know. Do the best you can. Tell somebody this week at Thanksgiving, sitting around Thanksgiving table is the easiest, best opportunity you have to talk to people about God. Start it with, what are you thankful for? And then every time they say something, say, yes, Jesus, amen. And then keep going around the table. You have the opportunity to talk to people about Jesus. Have a good Thanksgiving. We are not having service Wednesday. We will see you next weekend. Have a great rest of your afternoon.